start a few minutes late, but uh, that's fine. Too busy talking here. Um, oh, welcome to everyone. It's great to be together. Well, um, just a reminder for those in the hall, a nut-free zone. Um, the toilets, boys and girls are for the boys and girls. Remember that. No smoking on the school premises. You can wear masks if you want to. Hand sanitizers on the table. Wait to be served at the refreshment table. And um, they are offering baskets on each table. If you have something to give and you want to give, give it in there. I know most people give online, so that's not a, a big thing. But it's there if you want to. So it's good to be together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We are here to come into your presence once more. We know that you're always with us. You never leave us or forsake us. But there's times where we just need to be intentional about focusing on you. And not the things around us. Not the things that are going to happen later in the day or what have happened before getting here. Lord, we just set all of that aside and say we want to be here with you, in your presence, in you, you in us. And we come to honor you and praise you and worship you, to glorify your name. And to encourage and build one another up as we spend time together this morning. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can come together and do that. So pour your presence out upon us, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come and have your way. Come and do what only you can do. Be with us, bless us. Speak to us and speak through us. I pray this in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So what's happening this morning is we've got some announcements. We'll get through those in a bit. Um, prayer meeting. Uh, prayer meeting. We had a wonderful prayer meeting yesterday morning. It was great. We're just going to stop and pray as we do each time, praying for some specific things. Then we're going to worship with Rach and Ray leading us. It's good that Rach is back and... Uh, feeling well and strong, so that's good. And then I've got a message, then we'll have more worship. At the end of the message, will be discussion time. There'll be more worship, ministry time, and then we will finish off. So, um, <clears throat> announcements for this week. The Food Hub box is up front, Pearly Food Hub box. Thank you for those that give each week, and keep on doing that because there's an increasing need for it. Um, Grow Baby is happening on Tuesday, 9.30 to 11.30 um, at Montpelier Church. It's wonderful to see what God is doing there as well. Um, and then Tuesday evening, our Connect group is not meeting at our house, but there's an evening with Pete Gregg at Riverside Vineyard Church. So you're all encouraged to come along to that as opposed to meeting at our house. The other Connect group is going to be meeting Thursday um, on Zoom and Friday on Zoom. But you guys are also welcome to join us on the Tuesday if you feel like having a fairly busy week. But that'll be great to have a time in Pete, with hearing from Pete Gregg. So those are the announcements for now. Let's, our prayer points. We're going to stop and pray. Um, that clock is really weird. Yeah, they need to adjust the clocks. I know the clocks have gone gone forward. I trust you, you all woke up in time. Um, let's pray. What? Is it right? I'm just looking at a funny angle. Sorry. Uh, they did change it. Must have changed before they went. Yeah. Um, let's pray. Knife crime and gangs. We want to continue praying into that. Continue praying into that. And 
I will send something out about a, a walk for a prayer in, in Croydon. There's been a thing with the Croydon Churches Forum coming together to do a walk of prayer in Croydon, praying against knife crime and what's happening there. So I will get that sent out to you um, shortly. And then keep on praying for Malawi and Mozambique. They are still recovering from the devastating cyclone, um, Cyclone Freddy, that came through and destroyed so much. Keep praying into that for the people there. Pray into the military conflicts that are happening around the world and all that that uh, happens with that. And then pray for Holy Spirit-led opportunities to share the gospel and reach out to the lost. And also, let's hear stories of that, how God's used you, given you opportunities to speak to somebody. Pray for those. Pray for your street and your building, your neighbors, um, and then pray for church growth. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop for five minutes and do this now. Let's pray.
thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers, that we pray with confidence. We pray with a trust in you that you hear and you answer our prayers. That we put our hope in you. But it's not a hope as the world hopes that it might happen, but we put our hope in you. As we do that, we know that you respond and you act upon all that we've prayed. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to bring before you our prayers and requests, our petitions, with thanksgiving, so that you can act upon them, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship uh, as Rach and Ray come on up. Um, Let's worship the Lord and let's be aware of the Holy Spirit moving and doing. And if he says anything or gives you anything, the microphone's up front. You You know the drill. Just come on up if God's got something that gives to you. And just stand and wait for them to, uh, to just acknowledge, see you there, and then they will give a, a, a pause in, in the worship for you to share a word or a picture. So let's do that. Let's stand and let's worship. Let's stand. Set free. 
just I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of all. truth and justice who set the sun in all of his brilliance the king of glory the king of all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you laid down your life sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you laid down your life that I would be set free whoa Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me this is amazing this is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you laid down your life, that I would be set free, whoa, Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me. with praise can you hear it the sound of heaven touching us 
sound of heaven touching earth, our Father. All of heaven roars, your name sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise, can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth. Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. Spirit, break out. Heaven, come down. Spirit, break out. Break our walls. Break out, heaven come down, King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high, your glory, shaking up the earth and skies, revival, we want to see your kingdom here, we want to see your kingdom here, King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high, your glory. Perking up the earth and skies, revival. We want to see your kingdom here. We want to see your kingdom here. Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. Spirit, break out. Heaven, come down. Spirit, break out. Break out, heaven come down. Our Father, all of heaven roars, your name sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise, can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching us. The sound of heaven touching us, our Father. All of heaven roars, your name sing louder. This place erupt with praise, can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth. Spirit break out. Break our walls down. Spirit break out. Heaven come down. Spirit break out.
I'm a 
Lord God, El Shaddai, there are times you call us to be still and know. But when we feel the touch of your gracious, miraculous, tender, loving hand touch our lives, what else can we do but burst with praise? The king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. For you are Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song, for you are good, good, oh, you are good, good, Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart Inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. You are good. Lord, 
God is good, and we serve a good, good God. He is wonderful. He is awesome. Thanks, guys. Great worship. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can worship a good, good God who knows every detail about us. And you, God, are involved in every aspect of our lives, if we allow you to. And just thank you, Lord, that you want to be part of every bit of our life, for you are a good, good God. Come now, Holy Spirit, and just open our hearts and our ears and our minds to receive from your word today. Speak to us, speak into us. And Holy Spirit, just use me to bring your word to us this morning. Amen. Amen. 
Okay. For the last three months, we've been looking at the kingdom, and we'll be doing so until, until at least the end of next month. Um, so far in this series, I've spoken on the kingdom as an introduction, then the two kingdoms, the three kingdoms, revelations of the kingdom, the king of the kingdoms, and the kingdom of priests. Three weeks ago, Andy spoke on counterculture kingdom, and last week, Jill spoke on seek first the kingdom of God. Now, we're doing this series because we want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus taught us to pray in what we call the Lord's Prayer, as found in Matthew 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, last year, I became a citizen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, a century after the formation of this nation. Now, you might think that Great Britain has been around for longer than 100 years. And to an extent, it has been. In 1707, the Kingdom of Scotland and the Kingdom of England, which included Wales, um, signed the Acts of Union and formed the Kingdom of Great Britain. In 1801, the Acts of Union 1800 united the kingdoms of Great Britain and Ireland, forming the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. In 1921, Ireland was divided into two states, Northern and Southern Ireland. And then in 1922, Southern Ireland became the Irish Free State, gaining independence from the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland to become what it is today, the Republic of Ireland, leaving the rest of the kingdom to be known as the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. That's why I say it's only been 100 years since that has been formed. So what is often referred to as the United Kingdom or the UK is different from what it has been in the past. It has gone through numerous phases and transitions to become what it is today. Likewise, the kingdom of God has gone through phases. And that is what I'm going to speak on today. The title of my message is The Four Phases of the Kingdom. As we look at Scripture, we can see four phases that the kingdom of God has gone always going through here on earth. The four phases are the kingdom is, the kingdom is coming, the kingdom is come, and the kingdom is coming again. When God created the earth, the pinnacle of his creation was mankind, and he created mankind to live in the paradise that he had created, the Garden of Eden, and man was to take care of the garden. This is phase one of the kingdom. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man who, whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and there it divided and became four rivers. Genesis chapter 2 verses 8 to 10. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God, then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Genesis 2, 15-18. 
So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. We shall be, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Genesis 2, 21 to 25. The kingdom of God is established on the earth, and man is to live in the presence of God and work the land and look after it. It's not a paradise where everything was just provided for Adam and Eve. They were responsible to work and take care of it. Mankind is created in the image and likeness of God. And as such, we are to emulate God and what he does. God worked six days to create all that we know and see and beyond what we know and see. And so Adam and Eve were to work too. On the seventh day, God rested. And so on the seventh day, Adam and Eve too were to rest. It was to be a day of no work, but rather time to spend more time in the presence of God. I say more time because I believe Adam and Eve spent time with God every day as they worked and cared for the land. Because the kingdom of God was established in the Garden of Eden on the earth, and God worked with Adam and Eve, walked, sorry, with Adam and Eve in the garden. We know this from Genesis 3, verse 8, where it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This was after they had sinned, and that's why they hid from God. But they knew the sound of God walking in the garden, because he obviously did that every day with them. The kingdom is present. The will of God is being done in the Garden of Eden, up until the time Adam and Eve listened to the serpent, disobey God, and eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. From that time, the kingdom of God is withdrawn from the earth, and the kingdom of darkness reigns with death and chaos filling the earth. This is the beginning of phase two of the kingdom. But God, and I love that we can say that so often about God, when things are looking chaotic and out of control, this is a time for a but God moment. But God did not give up on mankind. Although he did put a curse on them and cast them out of the Garden of Eden, causing them to have to toil and struggle to live and populate the earth, mankind turns further and further away from God, leading up to the point where he decides to start again and destroy all mankind apart from one family. He sent the flood, but he separated Noah and his family of three married sons, and they were chosen to begin anew, to populate the earth once more, which they do, creating nations across the earth. Shem, one of the sons of Noah, is the great, 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 and many more greats, grandfather of Abraham, who is given the promise that the whole earth would be blessed through him. It is through his lineage that the anointed one to bring the kingdom of God to earth once more would come. It is, it is from this time forward that we see the kingdom is coming. 
The kingdom is coming. It is promised to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And even after a 430-year detour in Egypt, we see God has not forgotten his people and the promise he made to their forefathers. Now, I've already spoken about the clash of the kingdoms that took place when Moses went to Pharaoh to tell him to let the Israelites go so they could worship Yahweh, the God of all creation, culminating in the destruction of all the gods of Egypt, including the death of all the firstborn sons and animals. When the Israelites are released from Egypt, they begin the journey to the promised land. Before they enter the promised land, God stops them at the foot of Mount Sinai and gives them, through Moses, the Ten Commandments, the blueprint for the tabernacle, and the law, including the instructions for living in relationship with God. The festivals that are keep and the sacrifices they are to make on a regular basis once they are in the promised land. All of that is given to them while they're on this journey out of Egypt into the promised land. But then, because of the unbelief of ten men who influenced the rest of the, the, the nation of Israel, the whole generation of adults who left Egypt die in the wilderness as they wander through the wilderness for the next 40 years. Once this generation has died off, the Israelites enter the promised land and start taking possession of it. The Israelites were to be a witness to the nations of the earth of how to serve and love the living God, to live differently from those nations that worship idols and false gods. They were to be the light in the darkness, but they kept on failing, kept on breaking the law, kept on getting sidetracked by false gods and turning their backs on God. But God, another one of those moments, but God never gave up on them and raised up prophets and judges to lead and guide his chosen people, all the time reminding them that the king of the kingdom, the Messiah, is coming. The promised offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is coming to establish the kingdom once more. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord God, sorry, the Lord is our righteousness. Jeremiah 33 verses 14 to 16. And my dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they, will be my, they shall be my people. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Ezekiel 37, 27 to 28. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah 9, 2 and verses 6 and 7. These are passages that we are familiar with, the promises that were made to the nation of Israel. But the kingdom is coming, 
The king is coming. The kingdom is coming. The king is coming. The promised Messiah is coming. Most of the Old Testament declares this, that the king and the kingdom is coming. And he is coming, but not just for the Israelites, but for the Gentiles too. He's coming for all who live in the earth. He, that is the Lord, says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. It's for everyone, to the ends of the earth. Then there's a 400-year period of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The prophets are quiet until the last of the Old Testament prophet speaks, and he says, the kingdom is come. And this is the start of phrase three of the kingdom. He, John the Baptist, said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. John chapter 1, verses 23, 26, and verse 27. John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. Although he's found in the New Testament, he's one of the, old, the last Old Testament prophets. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, But for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. John chapter 1, verses 29 to 32. Once more, the kingdom is present on earth. The kingdom is come, but is not fully manifest. And this is the phase that we are living in now. We are living in this phase, phase three. Jesus came to earth to live a sacrificial life and gave his life in exchange for ours, giving us access once more to the kingdom. We are living in the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It is here, but not in its fullness. Jill mentioned this briefly last week, and Mark Stoneham is going to speak more of it later on in April. So I'm not going to say any more on it now. We are living in phase three of the kingdom, but we live in expectation and into anticipation of phase four of the kingdom. The kingdom is coming again. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I, I would have told you that I go to prepare, to pre, sorry, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus has promised to come again and take us to where he is in the kingdom of heaven. When is this going to happen? We don't know. Only our Father in heaven knows. Scripture warns us to be alert and ready because it could, could be at any time. There are warning signs found in Scripture, telling us what is, going, what is to be going on before the second coming of Christ. There are going to be wars and famines and earthquakes and many other phenomena. We are warned to be alert. 
But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will, it, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 42. When Jesus comes again, those that do not know him as Lord and Savior will be taken away, removed from the presence of Jesus. Only those who are children of God, disciples of Jesus Christ, will remain and see the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth once more. This day is only going to happen once all nations on earth have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is what we are commissioned to do in the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, to me and to you. Each one of us are called to go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, to his disciples there, but to all disciples, all of us who follow him as Lord and Savior. So after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Revelations chapter 7 and verse 9. In heaven there are going to be all nations, all tribes, all languages. At the moment there are some nations and tribes and languages that have not heard the gospel. And until that happens, Jesus is not coming back. God will be with us, and there will be no more suffering, sickness, or sorrow. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Revelations 21, verses 2 to 4. God is coming again in his fullness with his kingdom, coming to earth. Now, is this not what, what we long for? We long for that day when he comes again. So we are living in the time of the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is coming. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you that we live at this time where your presence is here with us, but not in the fullness of you being with us in fullness, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have your Holy Spirit with us to lead us and guide us and be with us. You promised him to us, and we thank you for that. And we are commissioned by you to go and make disciples of all nations, that every tribe, tongue, and nation will hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And until that happens, you cannot return, because your word says you'll only come then. Help us, Lord, to be those that are willing to go and reach out to every tribe, tongue, and nation.
to bring them the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Amen. So we have some questions, discussion questions. Firstly, what stood out for you from this message? Our normal question, that's one that I think is important. As Joel said last week, so often we remember the things that we talk about now more than what we hear in the message. Secondly, do you long for the return of Christ? Do you want to see him return in your lifetime? What do you need to do to see this come about? Thirdly, what can we as a church be doing to hasten the return of Christ? How can we reach out to the people and nations of the world that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? And then fourthly, prayerfully consider question three and pray for one another. Okay, let's get on with it. Those online, thank you.